0: Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for The Magicians Business Group, and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode.
1: Hello, it is the wonderful, awe-inspiring Ashley Green here. Hello, everyone. Of course, this is another fantastic episode of The Successful Mentalist. Hang on,
2: hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't this supposed to be the mystery behind Magic Podcast? I thought we was interviewing you. No, no, no. We thought we were interviewing
1: you. Well, this just got incredibly awkward. Anyway, I suppose to save us from the awkwardness of the who's interviewing who? Who's interviewing who? Let's bring in the man who hasn't said, wait, what are we doing today? It is none other than the fantastic mindset guru that is Aidan O'Sullivan, which just for uh, continuity and to make things clear for you guys listening is from the Successful Mentalist podcast. (laughs)
0: Oh, this is absolute carnage. Well, uh, to give all of the, lesson, like the listeners an actual tie up note, because clearly I'm the only guy who got the memo. What is actually going on here is, uh, well, it's a bit of a chaos, really. We've basically done this weird podcast swappy thing where we're both going to be airing this discussion on both podcasts just to make it really awesome. And we're going to keep it really cool, really casual and just have a chat because we've all got different strengths to the table. We've all had conversations before. So this is just a really great opportunity to bring all of that information together, bottle it up into this episode for you guys listening.
1: Oh, and it's going to be crammed in. This is an episode with four people, four different audio tracks. So I feel sorry for the person editing this. You know who you are. But to jump straight in, because I always like to be first and win. I get to ask the first question here. Winning. Uh, Look. I think this is going to be really interesting to like get the conversation rolling in the right direction because it's a question which has been on our mind as well. You guys have been doing your podcast, The Mystery Behind Magic podcast, for quite a while now, interviewing quite a lot of various different guests. And I'm really interested to know, like, what is the one main learning point that you've had from absorbing all of this information firsthand from every single guest that you've actually had on and, and got to listen and speak to?
3: Janad, you go first because I'll, I'll kind of keep it ticking in my mind. What what is
2: what is a big lesson we've learned from the podcast? I mean, we've done I think recording this close to fifty fifty episodes with different people each time, and you learn something new each time. And I think one thing that it's really strengthened is how strong the magic community is, and also how different we all are even if some of the magicians are in the same sort of area of magic they will have lessons and they have had experiences that nobody else have had and that creates incredible advice and advice that i think a lot of people just don't share which obviously being locked up for a year now year and a half now most of you know amateurs who don't do this professionally haven't performed to a lot of people since then so, trying to get advice from them, so we can take all that experience, or as much as possible, and then use it in the real world when we start performing again, is um, that's not really a lesson. That's just sort of um, one of the things uh, we aim to do. But it's it is just, I think, a lesson that that's quite hard because there's so many lessons that we've learned. But I think it just reinforces that. You can never stop learning with magic. It's one of those things where it, you just keep on learning for the rest of your life, or the for the rest of your career, or or hobby, or whatever. You can just learn so many things, um, and I think that's just taught me. It, it's taught me that I think is just there's so much to learn, and even small things. When you start thinking about that, you go, oh wow. And then you realize what you learn from that so i think my biggest lesson isn't a lesson but more of just a re rein- reinforcement of how amazing magic is if that makes sense
3: yeah i'll, I'll quickly add to that because i think i mean i'd be interesting it would be interesting to hear like what you guys think as well but like I, I know when i was first getting into magic i was kind of looking at these magicians like and thinking that they're really famous and it would be kind of like a list celebrity kind of names and then well one example is henry white who we recently had onto the podcast and i remember seeing him at a jamie raven show and i went up to him and i was just in awe that i was actually kind of getting to meet him so it's like realizing then how close and easy it is to connect to people now by doing the podcast i think that's definitely something that makes it kind of more ingrained in my mind but uh, yeah what, what do you guys think
0: well, i think yeah you guys have hit hit the nail on the head there in terms of actually it's been a leverage tool for learning i think more than anything else the the biggest thing that we've learned and we we're always talking about this me and ashley we're always that, like what the heck has changed about us since we started tsm the, the successful mentalist the podcast everything and and for us it's really been that opportunity to rapidly accelerate our entire journey our growth our potential within magic and outside of magic like when when you put out a podcast uh, and launch a company called the successful mentalist and you aren't the perfect description of a successful mentalist it forces you to learn and and grow in a in a brand new direction and and for us or for me in particular the the biggest takeaway has been actually doing all of this stuff like it's one thing to connect with these amazing people but it's another thing entirely to actually take what they have and put it into action, which is a huge, huge thing. And
1: the other thing as well, you know, when we set up our company, a big element of that was actually outside the podcast, teaching and coaching other performers. And from that, there's the age old thing of, when you teach, you learn a second time. So being able to reinforce like new ideas and it's allowed us to grow so much further, at least me, like personally, I came into setting up our business, our podcast, just over a year ago now guys and the lessons and everything that we've learned has been so beneficial on all aspects of my life as Ada knows within magic and mentalism but outside I'm now more healthier than I've ever been I'm now more focused than I've ever been and it's through the consistent daily practice and teaching and also learning like it's a whole round effect and I'll be honest and i don't know what aiden would say and whether he'd go that far but running the podcast and turning it into the company it's completely changed my life and business direction so much so that i i developed through the stuff we teach a brand new vision of where i want to take my life and i never assumed i would ever go that direction before
0: Right, well, yeah right but- yeah, exactly. I think I think you're completely right. It's 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 forced us both, and, and I'm sure you guys will be able to copy this overlap exactly. It, it's forced us to have this massive shift in in the way that we actually function as people, as as human beings. And it comes down to for me, it's actually why that happens. It, it's that entire feedback process. It's like we make the decision on what to do and where we actually go, and we get instant feedback of is this helping the business? Is this helping the podcast? Is this helping other entertainers, other people actually listening to these conversations? If it's not helping them, well, then we know that and we know where people actually are. It's helping other people. But more importantly, it's opening that door to to really help ourselves. I don't know if you guys actually feel that as an overlap, but I think that that's very strongly, that's something that we're talking about almost every week.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, Would you also
3: say that like the identity part of, putting yourself out there as the successful mentalist it's kind of you're committing to this kind of envisagement which you want to get to and then you're kind of trying because you guys are doing this constantly you have this constant kind of kind of underlying idea which you want to get to so your identities I'm, i'm trying to find a good way to put this kind of like
0: well, I, I, let me just jump on he that. Speaks, um, James Clear speaks about it in Atomic Habits. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I just I just want to throw that, because you, know, you talk about identity and this constant thing of this this vision of where we're actually going. There is no such thing as that definitive endpoint vision. And like for us, like it's a huge thing to to constantly be updating this and, and learning this whole thing. Uh, heck, one of the things that we actually teach is, uh, is what we call the vision stack, and it's the five stages of actually... Becoming a thriving and hustle free entertainer in alignment with a big vision and that big vision will always be changing like we've had our visions changed Countless times over the past 12 12 months and, and more and it still continues to happen week by week. It's shifting. It's changing so in terms of that co- uh, Constant identity and that direction that we're going for the direction is always changing and that's a good thing Because it's always changing in a more accurate direction. It's going to where we want to go. I think and, and that's forcing us to have that change. So our Id- identity is never stuck. It's never the same thing. I don't wake up the same person I was yesterday. And it, it reminds me of a quote that I believe was Marcus Aurelius. I might get this wrong though, but it's that no man enters the same river twice. No same man enters the same river twice. I've probably butchered the quote, but, but the point there is that as soon as a man steps into that river, he's not the same man because he stepped in. He ex- experienced this river. So the man has changed, but the river, the river has been changed because the man has stepped in it. So that same river can never occur again. And it's just this beautiful dialect and this metaphor for actually showing that this constant changing process happens everywhere. It happens in our podcast. It happens in our lifestyle. It happens in our entertainment business. It happens with us personally uh, in a billion different ways. So this identity is never really fixed. It's something that's always evolving and people, get people get hooked up on that like this is the person i want to be or this is exactly what i'm doing and it's a really odd dynamic to operate from
1: i remember when we was um in a zoom call with matthew mcconaughey and he said something interesting do you remember this hayden and um he was he was uh, being interviewed by vision lakiani at the time and uh, and he was talking about uh something which i said what was it like the oscars or some award that he's won somewhere and he said it multiple other places as well that his hero is him 10 years into the future. But when he gets 10 years into the future, people are like, Oh, have you, have you met? And he's like, No, 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 my hero's 10 years into the future. And he's always trying to chase and go. And he knows that he's never going to hit because his hero's always 10 years ahead of him. He's just trying to be like the best possible self he can be. And I think this is a problem which comes down to a lot of, um, a lot of people, it's not just in magic, is it? It's, it's everywhere in life. When people envisage what they want their life to be like, they set these kind of like goals, but they're never like these big vision for the future. They're never like these big, big goals. They're never like a big impact you want to have, like a big mission that you want to do. It's like, maybe to bring it back down to magicians, like, hey, I want to be on TV. This is everything I'm going to aim for. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, it's done. And then it's easy to uh, a few months go by and then you start to get unmotivated. You realize, oh, there's nothing else to do. I've never actually achieved anything. What am I actually doing here? And I think that's why a lot of people go through the midlife crisis because they don't actually know what they're doing with their life. And we've gone, we've gone really deep <laughs> into this. But to be honest, it goes back into like what we were saying at the start. Like, What have we learned from the successful mentalist and what we've learned from doing it? It's constant learning, it's constant growth, it's constant refining who we are. And as well on top of that is public accountability. And all of that together has been so useful for us personally and professionally within overall growth on everything.
2: But I think like what what you said about uh, setting, setting goals in the future and, you know, maybe that's a TV show, you get it and you're unhappy. I think one of the reasons that happens and i may be completely wrong but because from a such a young age we've sort of been told to have one goal and one goal only so you know we study gcse's then a levels and then get re- refined to university where you study one maybe two things and then you you sort of go they sort of tell you that you have to do one thing relating to that and maybe not a lot of things you know or It doesn't seem like there's an opportunity for you to change that. And maybe, you know, uh, I don't know if that's made any sense, but it's of one vision and it's maybe not a big one. And then when you get it, it's like, okay, I've just done my master's in computer engineering. What do I do now? I haven't, by the way, I've just used that as an example. Um, But it's like, well, you know, (laughs) what do you do after that? and you know all the way through school they go you know you have to finish your university and then you finish that and you go right now that's done
0: yeah i think there's two really really big questions that jump to mind it's like when people are thinking about their their the next steps and where to actually go it's got that whole angle of okay now what i've done this thing now what what's next what's the next thing in store and that's because nobody's got that bigger end point nobody has that that long-term journey of where this is exactly where we're going this is the journey that we're going on i'm never going to reach that end point like the 10-year hero i'm never going to get that 10-year hero because it's always going to be 10 10 years ahead of me so actually setting that goal is like that's the most important part it doesn't matter what that goal is heck i'm sure i said it in uh, the interview that you guys did with me like my big massively transformative purpose is to give life back to a world that is just existing. And I'm not going to go into the depths of it right now, but that's the point. I'm never going to be able to achieve that. It's intangible, but it's so tangible at the same time. And that's why every time I achieve something, every time a goal is set and a goal is met, more importantly, it's no longer this question of, oh, now what? And I have to restart and pick something else that somebody else is doing. It's like, okay, great. I've done that one thing. What's the next thing? What's the next challenge I can tackle? And we take this in magic. Like in terms of variety and doing different things, when you put it like this, if you want to be a wedding entertainer, that's the one thing you want to do. And you want to jump into close-up entertainment at weddings and you want to do a, make a good career out of it. You've got the beauty of being able to say, right, I'm going to be a close-up wedding entertainer for 10 years. And then after those 10 years, pick something completely different. I want to be a stand-up after dinner corporate entertainer. And you can commit 10 years to that or even just five years to that. And you give yourself these like mini careers doing polar opposite different things. And ultimately you get to be the narrative behind the entire the, the process. You get to make that decision of where you're going, where you're jumping from. And I, I think it's a big problem in magic because we pigeonhole ourselves in one of two ways. We pigeonhole ourselves as this type of entertainer and that's it, that's fixed. And And whenever we get a little bit bored of that, that's it. Or we do the other thing where we don't pigeonhole ourselves at all and we suddenly do every event possible. We do every single thing because that's going to keep the variety up and people then wonder why they're not actually satisfied. They're not actually fulfilling a purpose. They're not actually doing much even though they're doing everything.
2: And also from a marketing standpoint, it's much easier to have a niche or go, I do wedding entertainment or I do stand-up or I do this rather than I do everything which almost well, for some people may give you less credibility because it may seem like you're just trying to find any work but if you go no sorry this is what i do they go okay and maybe hire you for an event that's closer linked to that well you
1: become an expert within that area ultimately <clears throat> and and it is why i was speaking to a magician the other day and to link it back to what was like everything which we've really been focused on they do events, they do all type of events. And they got to that point where they were just unmotivated and it just become the job that they wanted to get out to because they didn't really have one purpose. They wasn't really clear on what they were doing. And I would argue their business would be better if they would focus on what they wanted to do because they'd have more passions going there. And then they'll be focusing on the one specific thing with the one clear product. And then they become an expert at that. And it'd be so much more easier for them to just shift and go further and further and further with it. Like, I think this is... This all stems from people copying and not really knowing what to do. And doesn't this all boil down to accepting who you are and just being more authentic and using that to your advantage? And when you're more authentic to you and understanding who you are, you can then bring that background into your life, your career, magic, mentalism, your hobby. Does it does it not boil down to that, surely?
0: I think I think before you jump to that point, I think you need a definition on what we mean there by, by being more authentic, because like, we can all be more authentic, but at the same time, we can all be more authentic and still do different things and be completely polar opposite. So I'd, I'd love to just, just out of personal curiosity here, everybody here like, is almost definitions of authenticity. What do you guys actually believe authenticity is maybe Robbie, uh, like share your thoughts, like, what do you believe authenticity is? How do you become more authentic?
3: I'd say, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is just, like, your inner thoughts and kind of your internal kind of, like, monologue. Having it as close to that as possible and the closer to that which it is, I'd say then you're more authentic than just kind of putting on a character. But I guess we are all kind of putting on a certain kind of character. It's just how close it is to the person
0: we actually are inside. It's really a case of aligning that internal reality with the external.
2: Something to relate to this. I, I want to mention it quickly. I saw uh, somebody posted it on their Instagram. It's do, you, and, and this is a question I want to ask you guys. Is, do you think the person sort of in our heads, sort of almost talking to us is more ourselves than ourselves as in the people sitting here talking or listening to this episode so which is more authentic to ourselves or which is more authentically us that's a bloody good question i'll be
1: honest Aidan, i'm also there thinking that is fantastic and for me because this swings both ways because the voice in our head can be determined by external factors the voice in our head can tell us that we're not good enough to do this certain thing it can start holding us back Um, I know I was reading a book um, that was the uh, the chimp paradox just up on myself fantastic book and it, it talks about that voice in your head and like kind of holding you back and not being able to achieve your full potential so you run the risk of if you think that is your authentic self always being held back but then again once you get over that and once you can understand that then you can start to maybe tap into what you might be feeling, what you might want to do and the other things. And when you, and at least for me, like you mentioned about um, authenticity aid, and this comes back to something which, which is, which has helped me everywhere. First of all, when I wanted to be more authentic to who I am, I, I needed to get out of like the, first of all, I'm just copying other people. It's okay not to copy other people. It's okay to do what I want, even if it's scary. Like, there's so many, like, barriers and restrictions in the way for me, at least what I found at the time. And I'm still like, like, this is still a never-going-on process for me. And then it was being more comfortable with the things, like, I wanted to do and who I am and and, and going from there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where my mind's at. I appreciate i've done exactly what i've done in my last podcast episode <laughs> i take one question and it's kind of like a partly answer it and
0: then i answer into something else as well uh, well you touched on something important there it, i think the really important thing uh to, like in terms of that distinguishment between your internal reality and your external reality which is more authentic to you look as you said actually like anything can change your internal reality and, and the voice inside your head. You can you can change that wildly. Like, heck, you see somebody out clubbing for the night, absolutely getting uh, sozzled on rum, for example, they're not the same person and their internal mindset will be different. So that's one factor that can affect both realities in that sense. But what happens uh, the, the day after? They've got this terrible hangover and they've got this mindset full of regret and downplaying thoughts and suddenly... This internal reality, this voice inside our heads, this belief that we tell ourselves is then, is that more authentic? Well, it can't be because it's not us, but at the same time, it is us. It's like this weird dialect. And you don't have to go and get absolutely drunk to change your internal reality. Like you get a bad night's sleep or you get a mildly different night's sleep to the night you've just had before. You're going to wake up a completely different person. Same as the uh, like the water in the river kind of thing. Stepping in the river. You wake up after a night's sleep. No same man can have the same thought process after a night's sleep. Oh, that's a terrible quote. And it wasn't Marcus Aurelius either, by the way. It was some other thing. Her- Heraclitus, something like that. I Googled it a second ago. Um, but yeah, in terms of the external, like, well, that gets it factored by everything. I think the more important question, rather than trying to work out which is more authentic, is actually working out, which way you want to be more authentic, which is that that direction that you want to go. And and when we interviewed Scott Barry Kaufman, he was uh, my coach during uh, a portion of 2020. And uh, he's written a fantastic book called Transcend, the new science of self-actualization. Highly recommend grabbing that. But when we interviewed him, there was one quote that kind of stood out to me. And it was really that question that we should ask ourselves, which potentialities do I wish to most self-actualize? of everything that we can possibly do. Which do I want to actually pursue? Which do I want to have a more authentic nature? And if it, for some people it might be actually writing at the end of the day, you might wanna go out and and just be a really good, authentic writer. Well, in that case, that's the decision you've gotta make. You've gotta make that decision and chase that path rather than just going off in in a bunch of different tangents and trying to appeal to everything that happens in the moment. Because as we know, not only are our minds incredibly unreliable, but our biology is as well.
3: Yeah, I think what's interesting here is that, like, as you were saying, it's kind of like we change constantly depending the way we get out of bed. And I was watching a TED talk just yesterday, and it was this idea of having to commit 100% to something because it's easier to commit 100% than 98%. So if you're going to do something, it's easier to commit, like, all of the time than just a little bit of the time, because otherwise then you're going to have to make these decisions constantly over whether you want to pursue this vision now. And so with that, I think it's just kind of, for me, it's all just a change in mindset. And I mean, how how do you guys, how would you guys, let's say you have a vision right now of what you want to do, and it's completely different to what you've been doing before. And this is the kind of ideal how would you go about changing your mindset so that you don't actually then just kind of get stuck back into your kind of old ways of thinking and then you just kind of 10 days later, you just quit from what you were going
1: to do? I feel like Aiden's gonna have some absolute gold to drop on this, which is why I wanna answer first because it's like, we ease you into this, like prepare you for it, I'm your starter here with some basic information. And then Mr. Mindset Guru is gonna be like, well, you could just try this. (laughs) Boosh! <laughs> and everyone's gonna be like oh my god <laughs> worship him uh, Okay, okay tapas so... to
0: my roast dinner <laughs>
1: i am the tapas to roast dinner guys that is about to happen wow bringing back the weird analogies into this i love it um so yeah like the thing really and and i want to i want to stress this like Can we check out an example with this? Say, for example, if we wanted to go on a completely different path and uh, we wanted to be Olympic cyclists. There we go. That gives a tangible thing. It gives you something to think about, Aiden, whilst you're prepping for your answer. Like, I wanted to be an Olympic uh, like cyclist. First of all, it's important for me to just know it's not just an impulsive thing, which I just like, oh, that'd be a cool thing to do. And I go down that path and it's like, it's not actually what I want to do. Like, what's the benefit? Why do I really want to do it? Does it align with any of my passions, the things that I actually like doing, the things that I want to achieve? Like, what's the overall arching thing? What is the point of doing that? Like quizzing everything behind it and really getting that deep understanding for me at the moment, I'm weighing up everything and I don't see any benefit in me being an Olympic uh, cyclist. And that's why I'm not doing it, quite frankly. <laughs> but this is the thing, like you've got to look above and beyond because so many magicians at the moment uh, do exactly that. It's like, I want to be a magician. And that's it. They don't look any further. Okay. Why do you want to be a magician? What do you want to do without what, what is the overarching thing? Like looking so much further with your life in general. And like Aiden said, that overarching thing beforehand of the big thing that he wants to achieve. And then that's kind of how it links back down into other businesses and TSM as well. Then that will give you that motivation from there. At least it will with me. Uh, for example, I, I will tell you guys, and I'll be open on this podcast, uh, magic for me is is not a job. Like, yeah, I'm in a state where I can say magic is technically full-time, but it will never be a job for me. This is a hobby. What really is full-time is TSM, and also uh, a company which I've been talking to you about, Aidan, which I'm trying to work ways of getting that down on the ground, because something which I am so passionate about... like beyond passionate about and if I die I want to know I've had a positive impact on that and that's helping people with autism actually work better within the workplace like there's there's everything I want to do is like right there and like I say if I was to die that is the one thing where I'd want there to be complete positive change so that's everything that I'm working on in the background right now uh, to get that going so really it's looking about kind of like what you're passionate about what you want to do And then that will kind of feed at least that motivation to keep it up. And then once you've got there, putting your time there, but not obviously putting so much time that it's just you overwork yourself on it because then you hit burnout and then you start to resent it and then it becomes boring as well. So it's learning when to be on and then learning when to be off is is so important. And uh, just to throw another name drop into the mix, Aidan popped up on uh, Austin Netsley's Instagram uh, the other day. He said he booked out a time in his diary and what Robbie said was like, it's so important to do the one thing. He was like, yep, here's my diary for today. And he literally booked out the entire day and the title was one thing. I'm going to do one thing today and I'm going to do it bloody well. But you've had the tapas from me now. <laughs> I've eased you in. Are you ready, guys, for the roast dinner? Can we get a Let's drum go. roll, please? Ooh. That was the worst drum roll in <laughs> history. <laughs>
2: some some post production editing I think yeah. will, will make that perfect. No, why did you, you you have to say, oh wow, that was the best drum roll ever. No, we have a studio audience. Everybody in the live audience, drum roll, please. I really hope when I'm editing and your editors editing will listen to this part and not just sort of skip over and forget to edit the drum roll in because that's going to be two awkward silences where drum rolls were supposed to be in.
0: But you see, it always goes back to this question of if now we've done this and we've staged this moment, is that the most authentic representation of this conversation? No, no, it definitely isn't. So you guys take the lead on this. It's totally up to you. But look, here's the thing we we live in a a world where we are told that we can have it all we we can have it all anything you want you can go and get it but here's the thing you cannot have everything you can go and you can go and have it all sure you can go and have anything you like but you can't have it all at the same time you can't have it everything together like you want a full-time career in magic but you also want to be an olympic cyclist you've got to make trade-offs somewhere and look, this is the thing. I don't, I don't have a holy grail answer like Ashley's picked big, big me up to have there. I don't, I don't know. I'm still working this out for myself. I'm still trying to find out where the blooming heck I'm going day to day. It's it, it's an ongoing challenge. It's an ongoing struggle. And and I think for me, the biggest help that's kicked me in the right direction, and perhaps you guys will resonate with this, is like I looked at, uh, at my life and looked at what my strengths are, what do I enjoy, and more importantly, what impact do I want to have? That's the key. What impact do I want to have? I've told you my MTP. I know that that is what gets me so passionate. That direction is where I'm going. So everything I do needs to step me into that direction. That's the only thing that's consistent about my entire life. The work day-to-day, that changes. You complete an item on your to-do list or something else. i finish a gig while well, I move to another gig. No two gigs are the same, even if their structures and timings are all the same. Like No two gigs are the same, nor should we treat them the same. So doing this is like everything changes apart from that one core mission statement. So if you're, if that vision seems to change, then what about that vision is going to change? Like, I don't want you guys to all rush and everybody listening and thinking like, oh, the best, the best thing is to get a really fancy mission statement for my entire life and then just do that only to get three months down the line and realize, yeah, I'm not interested in that anymore. It's, it's no longer the thing that I want to do because that happens. And and then that's three years worth of progress or three months worth of progress, however long you'd commit to that. And then you just basically throw it in the bin. It's like a waste of time. So like the real key is to find that, spend the time, find your passions, find out what it is that you actually want to do, what that impact is, plot that out, at least give yourself some direction and, and give yourself the freedom to navigate. Because your goals will change, your, your actions will change, the things that you're doing, your visions on what you want to do in the day-to-day will change. You will change day-to-day. And and giving yourself that freedom, that flexibility to do that is great. But once you're at that point and you come to terms with that and, and you understand that as a mindset thing, like not everything is easy and laid out for you. It's life. You can't do that. <laughs> like I, I came from years of thinking that that would be the case and, and realized that, yeah, that's definitely not it. So you have to make those trade-offs and work out what is essential to me, to my life and the direction I'm going. And then, as you said there, Ashley, what is the one thing that I can do that will help that? And I'm always asking these questions, these kind of questions, what is essential to my life right now? What is essential to the successful mentalist, the entire brand, what is essential there? And what is the one thing that we can do better together to further that? So, to fix, to fix the mindset on these things. It's it's more not a what do we need to change and how do we do things? It's more a letting go process of just stop trying to control this, set that vision and just let it happen and, and be aware to, like you're going to need to let stuff go. Like I crumbled several times over trying to force my way through something and it just doesn't work. And and, and actually, actually seeing and bed the front of it all half the time, it's it, it's a challenge, but it's it's the ongoing struggle. What is essential? And a great book on that actually is uh, Essentialism by Greg McKeown. I uh, really highly recommend. I finished reading it uh, again the other week because it's a it's a constant crisis. It's a constant challenge. And, and you've got to rise to those.
1: And as Dan Sperry once said to us, you've got to learn when to kill your babies.
0: I'll I'll add there. He wasn't talking literal babies. He was talking metaphorical. But um, there you go. Mm-hmm.
1: Hi guys, it's Ashley here. I just want to quickly interrupt this podcast just to say one little thing. If you do enjoy the podcast that we are currently putting out at The Successful Mentalist, uh, do us a favour and make sure to subscribe. It will honestly help us out. It will mean the world. It will help with our stats and rankings, which mean that we're then shown to more magicians and mentalists around the world. And we want to try and help as many people as possible with these podcasts. So honestly, if you could subscribe, it would mean the absolute world to us. Anyway... Back to the podcast. I want to ask you guys something because you guys think very much like us. Like, you guys know a lot of stuff. You're very intelligent chaps. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're both part of the Young Magicians Clubs, right? Yep. When I was at the Young Magicians Club, the focus was literally just trick, 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 new new gimmick, new gimmick, new gimmick, new gimmick, new gimmick. I never actually learned anything from being there of how to actually be a magician, be a better magician and work out how to get gigs or something like that, or maybe how to do tricks that I actually enjoy. It was just like, here's a cool new trick has much changed since I've been there. And, and secondly, how did you guys get onto this? Cause I know Robbie, you're you're fascinated with the world of personal growth and personal development as well. How did you guys stumble across this then? Was it from the Young Magicians Club? Has anything changed there? Or is this like your own discovery and you've realised really early on, like, oh my gosh, this is something that I really need to take seriously and look at, which will
2: help.
3: It's gotten a little worse, maybe.
2: That sounds very similar to... uh, I mean, sometimes there's a few lecturers which uh, talk about something different, but most of the time it is trick, 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 and uh, tricks, (laughs) tricks. oh yeah and trips. i
3: mean yeah I, i appreciate the young magicians club and kevin who runs it is amazing of course but there are definitely problems i think one of the main ones is the there needs to be this distinct kind of um change like kind of acknowledgement of the different skill levels there are because especially at the moment on zoom you can you can tell that Most of the members are kind of like 10, 11, 12. And so they're they're just starting their journey. So they have less knowledge. But it does mean that for the older members, they're kind of the lecturers are teaching some of the things that they would have seen before. And so it would definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, yesterday we had a, a workshop on Zoom and it was just teach someone was just teaching this classic kind of rubber band over the hand and it just jumping between the fingers. And it is one of the first tricks I learned. And it's like, I, I just don't think it's a, a good use of time. So I think kind of having definitely a kind of a change there might be needed.
2: And I think the numbers are definitely showing that because um, the numbers on Zoom have been um, maybe, be just because it's on zoom but i think the numbers definitely mean something it's the numbers have been dropping ever since we've sort of started doing it so last you know one and a half years ago no one year ago when it first started it used to be very close to 100 i think the first one i went to on zoom there was 99 people including the adults there as well but it was 99 people and uh yesterday i didn't go because uh, I, I was busy but there were yeah. 40 people And that shows, uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday, that shows that they're definitely doing something wrong. Because if it went from 100 to 40 people in less than a year, then they're definitely doing something wrong. And each workshop, there's quite a few new people. So there's, I think, there's, from what I observed, there's less and less people who are coming again and again, and more people going for the first time. And I think that shows something. And if they don't change it, then they'll be a shame. You know what uh, I used I just, to
0: just before you jump in there, Ashley. I just want to throw out that that for you guys to to jump out and say that. Like I, I really appreciate you actually opening up and that level of honesty over over your personal experience. Because at the end of the day, it's incredibly subjective. It, it's whatever you guys have, have experienced, and, and and just to see that origins of magic you know, still being true to or very similar to how Ashley described, albeit in, in Zoom. It it indicates not a problem, but it indicates a challenge that needs to be solved, a challenge that needs solutions. And right now, like, that is the point. That's the point. That's the direction. That's the journey. That's the whole part of it. So again, just thanks for sharing your experiences on that.
1: I'll tell you the, um, the reason why I brought that question up, and it might have seemed like a tangent at the time, but it, it's really not because I want to link this background and ask you something. Um, for your advice on that, Aide, and in a second from everything that we've spoken about, because when I was learning magic, I, I joined the Young Magicians Club as as a place to I, I wanted to further my career. And and as a kid, I was always dreaming, like, wow, I want to do this as a job. And I guess there's a lot of like. of people in that club were probably like, wouldn't it be cool if I could do this as a job? Like as a kid, like every one of their friends growing up in school is like, yeah, I want to be a plumber, a firefighter. I want to work in like the Air Force and fly planes. And everyone at the magicians club is like, I want to do it as a job. But what I found was that you hit 18, they all hit 18. A year goes by and they just fall into everyday life and their hobby and everything that they was passionate about and what they wanted to do. It just kind of like fizzled and fade away like so many people that i knew that actually wanted to do this it just kind of fizzled and and went so i i ask you guys a question like you're very switched on you know a lot about this stuff like what what can be done differently to help maybe the younger generation and then i want to ask you maybe aiden a question afterwards like what we're talking about it sounds really advanced like to bring that in and help kids with this is it worth doing or what can people do so i want to ask you that afterwards uh, just to give you prep time my friend so i bring it back to you robbie and what do you feel like we can start doing for like the younger generation of magicians so that they don't kind of fizzle out and get bored or unmotivated or just go down a different path or think that it's too impossible to achieve what they want to achieve
3: i would say that I mean, the Young Magicians Club. I would just kind of point out that it is still really good. Like, any if there are any young magicians listening to this and they haven't yet joined, I'd highly recommend it. Just because the main thing I think people get out of it is the community, and I think that might be some of the reason why there's been a decline in membership. Because obviously, we used to go to the Magic Circle and there was this great community going into the theatre, and that. That's great. I think maybe for, I'd I say that to the, the kind of continue and keep the younger generation going, there has to be like a constant source of input into kind of their everyday lives so that they are just continuing the craft instead of, I, I mean, I was kind of getting a little out of magic kind of like maybe a few months back but I think having something that will just continue, like, I mean, the podcast is great, Young Magicians Club, having that kind of still in my life that I'm still going to commit to means that it, even if I do kind of decline the amounts, which I'm not really kind of going into magic that much, by having these things that are going to be constant in my life, it means that my interest will be sparked. So I think maybe it will be looking at kind of Why the young magicians first got into magic and being able to kind of really kind of understand their reasons for getting into magic and trying to, I guess, connect to those things instead of doing something which they might not like and just be bored by. And then also maybe kind of dipping into new things as well, which they might not have looked at, but then they could actually then be interested in
2: hmm i mean that that's so true as well and i think there needs to be more ver like a uh, very like different performers so i've i don't think we've had a mentalist i think max maven was the last one on J day like but he didn't he, he just had an interview with Noel Britton. and i was like that's such a that's an opportunity that got missed miss Noel Britton could interview Max Maven any single day right if they want um, Max Maven you know is incredible but I think a young person should have should have done it because then they would inspire them to research more about Max Maven or you know maybe get a few people to interview him and get other mentalists on as well like you, I think you guys would be absolutely great to go there to, yeah, to give really a lecture fun. right do it but what we're seeing is card, like um, sleight of hands, stuff with cards. If if we look at all the tricks that we've been taught, it's always just cards, and yet yeah, card, like cards, have I think the most amount of magic in them. But that means everybody's doing cards for the you know competitions. It's all card, 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 card. And if they're going to progress in their journey and they're going to keep carrying on cards, what we're going to see in around five, ten years is just every single body, every single magician is just going to be doing card tricks. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's good if the magic community has has difference. So if somebody books a magician, books two different magicians, they're not going to perform the same effect. Now, what, what I think happens almost naturally as we uh, as young people sort of get influenced to be a good consumer of magic and henry white sort of talked about this or on his episode as well as that studio 52 and i believe you know the successful mentalist as well like it's sort of not only want it, it doesn't want to make you a good consumer of magic it wants to help you out personally in personal growth because every single magic shop well, most magic shops, right? They want to make you a good consumer. Oh, here's a new gum trick. Oh, the, the elastic broke. Here's a new, you know, I, I don't know, Rubik's Q magic. Here's another flashy one. Here, here This, this, and this, and this. And you buy one. You, you buy that trick for every single release. And that almost happens at the Young Magician Club because we pe- people go there to advertise things. And that's a big problem i think the i I think they're having challenges booking lecturers and the only lecturers they're booking usually wants to sell something i i don't know do you feel that robbie or is that just me because that may just be me but it always feels like they want to sell something
3: yeah i think i i challenge that slightly like there's definitely that aspect to it Uh, i know kevin kind of does like to try and have maybe one card lecture out of three. Um, but it'd be quite nice if there were kind of more varieties so that there's going to be more stage, more mentalism, more coins, because I definitely, nothing really stands out to me that of that kind of variety. Um, so I think, yeah, that would definitely be a good thing but I, I can see what you mean yeah, yeah definitely
2: i i don't think most lecturers but it definitely feels like it's a reoccurring theme i mean it makes sense you know people want to sell something so they go and lecture about it and then they go here's a product if you want it that makes complete sense but most of the time it isn't like a a lecture like aid in your which um which hand um lecture it's more just products um what, not most of the time, but I definitely feel like it keeps on happening. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, but surely we should be pushing the mindset. This is how you learn. This is how you read a book. This is, you you know, just the sort of almost behind the scenes rather than just, here's a trick. Here's, you know, bubblegum turning into chocolate oh no now this is completely new this is chocolate turning into bubblegum completely different it's like it's the same effect effectively so there needs to be more sort of thinking you, you know about how to learn tricks how to read books even mentalism coin magic which i've just not Seen for a while, 100%. and
1: I want to ditto something that Robbie said a moment ago about the Young Magicians Club and, and community. That's what I really liked. I, I formed some of my closest friends when I was at that club. It's how um we met a mutual friend of ours, Aiden. It's how we connected through um through a guy who used to go there as well, um and that really helped bring me out of my shell. It's how me and Robbie meant. Yeah, hundred percent. So the community, is like we, me and Aiden have always said it like community is a a crucial thing and that's one of the things which we're striving for and and building up on at the moment but I want to ask you a question on all of this Aidan like the vast majority of this episode has really been at least to the young people it sounds very deep and very in-depth and it's very easy for young people to go wow there's a lot to think about like looking at my life what do I want to achieve what do I want to do for a young person getting into magic or maybe being at these clubs and they're just learning trick 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 but they they do want to do this full time and they've heard I I don't want to I don't want to drop out of it I don't want to be unmotivated I don't I don't want to go back and do normal jobs and and this kind of fizzle out I really want to do it I really want to go through and all I'm learning is tricks at the moment but what you're talking about sounds really in depth and I'm I'm not too sure if I can do that what would you say to the younger generation of magicians Aiden
0: you know that everything that we've shared is deep. It is big. It is hefty stuff, and and the truth behind that is that it's hefty because it, it's the stuff that works. It's the important stuff. Like heck, we uh, like we're we're proudly representing the successful mentalist as an entity as the no BS performer centric magic company. We're not here to mess you around and and fill you fill you with all of this other useless stuff and nonsense that's not going to actually help you and at the same time we're not here for the sake of personal gain we're performer centric we're here for the people so when it comes down to this really tough stuff like this finding that big uh, purpose and and that direction how do we how do we as young people determine that do i need to have a big end of life goal and and suddenly have a big mission statement for the for, for my entire life well no not not really uh and i think the more important element is that you at least get that mindset dialed in of where am I going? Because there's one element, there's one reason, and there's only one reason that people drop out of magic. There's only one reason that people uh, change their passions and, and pursue something different. There's only one reason that magic is not fulfilling its purpose in that dream and that goal there. And that's because commitment isn't there. And when the commitment isn't there, there is no reason to keep going. Like the passion isn't strong enough in and of itself. If you're not seeing any return of investment, if you're just doing card tricks and learning card tricks, because like it's cool and you're going to quickly drop out. But if you're going to a place like the young magicians club and you're going there and you're not just learning cool things, that's actually interesting, but you're building good quality relationships through a community and you're actually building community relationships. If that is as valuable to you as it must be, you're gonna be more committed to a long-term investment. But the problem then comes from exactly what you guys said. There are three things that are missing and that's variety, first of all. When the the variety actually isn't there, you're not doing enough things to actually make an informed decision of what you wanna do, where you wanna go. And I I always say this, like never stop learning. It's the most important thing that you can do. And and I spoke earlier about essentialism and one of the key points that uh, Greg puts in his book is not that essentialists just don't do loads of stuff and don't explore options because they're on this one crystal clear path no essentialists look at more options they play in more fields first of all to know and make that informed decision of where should i be going which what is essential to me like i can't determine that i want to be a full time close up card magician unless i've dabbled with the idea of doing stage I, I've dabbled with the idea of doing different genres of magic. So the mentalism, the coin stuff, like the rubber bands, The I don't know where I'm going unless I explore enough options. So to boil all of this content that we that we've shared today into a, a really crystal clear message for a younger audience, it really is just a case of never stop learning, never stop thinking, never stop growing. And when you go through that process using everything that we've shared here, then you're going to start ticking it over in the right way you're going to feel more committed to your art you're going to feel more committed to what you're doing at the end of the day and as a result you're going to get better tangible results out of it you're going to have an overall better performance career if that's what you want a lot of people don't want that they just want to do magic because it's something that's interesting to them as a hobby you're going to be the best performer because you're putting your heart and soul into it because you know that end point and you know the point of all this learning and as a byproduct of all of that you just become a better person so magic outside of magic like it doesn't matter because it's it's not a magic lesson here it's not a magic thing it's a, it's a life lesson it's a lifestyle approach if you like and i hate being that guy that does all the the woo woo lifestyle lessons life lessons and stuff because that really isn't me anybody that knows me isn't like that's not my thing but the the key really is just to actually use this as a recurring theme and apply this stuff because if you don't apply it not a lot's going to happen. I don't know if that answers the question or, or makes sense more importantly, but yeah, just never never stopping learning. Like this is heavy stuff and you don't need to make a decision within the next two days. <laughs> you don't need to make a decision within the next two years, regardless of whether you're young or, or older. You've got to c- take the care, the time, the caution and make that informed decision. When you do that, you can piece things together.
3: How would you say that, like, how would you get a constant clarity every day because i think like sometimes i know that i should not stop learning and have this but then some days i'm just way too lazy and it's just not on my mind how do you have that kind of continuous clarity so it's always going to be at the forefront
0: of your mind i think ashley can ashley can elaborate on this but it all starts the night before at the end of the day
1: oh yeah 100% like I just want to open up and tell you about myself, like being lazy and having those days where you're off. Heck, we all get that. All four of us in this call get that. Everyone listening to this podcast gets that. It's okay to have days where you feel like, oh my gosh, it's a real challenge today. But the one thing that really, really helps me is something Aiden's touched on, but also making sure you have that time off as well. When you have that time off to switch off, it's almost like you're recharging your batteries. You're not focused so much on the the business itself, the, the magic itself, you're, you're spending time with the family, your other hobbies and that. That's been really crucial for me. And without that, my motivation just drops right through, and then I end up feeling lazy and it feels a challenge to do anything. That's why before this podcast and every single day, I take my time and I do my routine walks in the sun. I feel fantastic after that because I'm looking after myself and spending time with myself. But also Aidan's touched on something there. The night before, planning. In fact, planning in general. Like, when's your routine time for learning? If... You say to yourself, I want to read a book. Like, this has been the hardest thing for me, Aidan, wasn't it? Remember I started and I said to you, I'm going to read Vishen Lakhiani's Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Just a question to Aidan, how long did it take me to read through that book?
0: Uh, I'll say a significant amount of months.
1: I think it was closer to a year, mate. (laughs) A year. And bearing in mind you get through (laughs) a book uh, in just under a week, like that says something. And the problem there, Robbie and Shanad, and everyone listening, I knew I wanted to read. It's not that I wasn't lazy or unmotivated to read that book or read any of the other books, because I really enjoyed it, but it was fitting it in. It was always, oh, no, no, I've got something else, oh, no, I've got something else, oh, no, I can't do this. So actually scheduling in that routine time when you're going to do things is so important, And that boils down to the night before, which is what you touched on there, Aiden, something I do continuously, routine every single day before I go to bed in my power down hour, which if anyone wants to learn about that, come to us afterwards, Um, we can tell you all about the fancy sleep stuff. But I write down everything that I wanna do in the next day, everything that I'm going to do, everything that I've got to do, maybe if there's any things that I forgot to do today, anything that's on my mind, because one, as Aidan will probably tell you, it helps close those open loops. You're no longer going to bed thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to read 12 million books tomorrow and then I've got to send that client email and then I've got to have that practice time or otherwise I'm going to feel lazy. Ah, I don't want to be that person. You help close that like open loop and you don't have to remember all that stuff. It's there, you can switch off, you can remember it in the morning. And then when you wake up in the morning, what are you going to do you're going to crack on you have your usual morning routine you do that same as usual And you look down your calendar everything scheduled in you've got that reading time you've got that learning time you have got that deep work time already scheduled in there and your meetings and all of that but you look down at that notepad and you're able to read I need to do this today I'm gonna do this today and for me just having that there makes it so much more easier It's no longer an effort for me, just going through each day and thinking, oh, wow, I've got to do five mazillion things, and then reading the book or or learning or just thinking about where you want to take your future. That gets lumped into everything, and then it becomes a challenge. It's no longer that. It's clear. It's spread out. And now it's just a selection of little tasks, which are easy to pick off and tick off. And now you've made everything so much easier. And now it's not like a massive motivation hit when you when you're going through each day thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do everything. This is so hard. Ah, screw it. It's easier to have a day off. Ah, screw it. It's easier to binge Netflix. (laughs) It's easier to do that because there's so much going on in my mind. I'll just forget about it and then come back to it tomorrow. Then it never happens and it spirals out of control and you think, ah, Jesus. Having it on that notepad every day, just honestly, Robbie, that will just make it easier for you and you won't feel lazy you've realized that it's fine to have time off. It's fine to do what I want. You've got your switch off time there, but everything's scheduled. Everything's written out. So now it just becomes easy for you to do. Inadvertently, we've made it lazy for you because it's easier. There's less effort going into it because all this learning time and your tasks that you need to do is just scheduled in. They're there. It's now easy. that's the point to really, if you want to get in your career, thrive and get hustle three. If you want to boil it down to that,
2: Uh, I mean, something I think is uh, relevant is, for example, guitar teachers usually say to people wanting to learn guitar, just leave your guitar out because then you see it out, you want to play it. People who, you know, YouTubers who find it hard actually filming videos, they say just leave the camera in its, like, get a setup where you can just leave it there so you can go, sit down, hit record, and just do your YouTube video people who want to go you know on a run in the mornings runners recommend put your clothes out put your shoes out put everything you need in the morning out so it's easy so you wake up you see the clothes you go right let's go on a run or let's play guitar let's film a video and i think that's it just sort of making it easy for you beforehand so when it's like the prep work isn't it it's like the prep work when you see a TV or a chef on TV cooking food, you don't see them chopping up food because that's done already. They just put it in a pan, mix it around, do their thing. That's the thing. We need to cut up the veg using that analogy. You know, we need to do the prep work. So then when the TV cameras, you know, turn on, we can just cook easily and everything's a nice little bowl set out for us.
1: There we go. So to wrap up today's podcast episode, if you really want to be the world's best magician, get someone to cut your veg for you
2: and uh, have an easy life. <laughs> exactly. That's the life answer there. Just cut your veg up beforehand.
1: But it works. It works, doesn't it, Cut your veg up beforehand. All sorted.
0: Well, you just get somebody has to do the entire cooking process and make the entire journey even easier. Job done simple as that.
1: 100%. Yeah, just get delivery. <laughs> Oh, wow. i tell you what, this episode has gone through a like, really like, in-depth, like, knowledgeable stuff, and now we're here. Cut your veg, get Deliveroo. That's the real message for today, in it, everyone? <laughs> so before it spirals yeah. out of control, I think it's a perfect time to end and just open up and say, is there anything else anyone wants to tell the audience today and which they might find value on based on everything that we've just said and encompassed in today's episode?
3: Yeah, I'd say that... Um... Anyone from our, from our end, go listen to the Successful Mentalist. Great podcast, great stuff. Just go there and have a
1: lovely time. And everyone from our end that loves our stuff, oh, you're gonna love everything that the Mystery Behind Magic podcast is putting out there. So check them out as well. Fantastic guys, fantastic brains, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have more discussions like this in the future.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this
0: episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now.